Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very excited to be joined in the cave today by the recently crowned champion of the JFK 50 Mile, the oldest ultra marathon in the country. Straight from New York City, we have Kate Pallardy on the line. Kate, thank you for joining us in the Pain Cave. Yeah, you're welcome. You're actually my very first podcast, oh. so it's pretty exciting. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. We're uh, popping your cherry as it was. How's it going? <laughs> Um, good, good. Everything's good. Um, came off of a week, uh, completely off. So that's, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better after that. Yeah. How's the, how's the recovery up. go? Is that like a nor a standard kind of thing for you? You need about a week or how long does it take? Uh, usually? <laughs> no, I probably need, I mean, recovery after a 50 for me, I said, I don't feel a hundred percent for almost probably six weeks. Yeah. Um, but I'm taking a hundred percent as in I'm, hitting, you know, mile splits or can go run a 18 mile tempo. It takes me a while. And I, I'm usually pretty patient. And, um, this was the last race of the season. Plus you have the holidays. So I'm right. No, so it, ta- I'm, it takes I'm me a really long time too. I'm like, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the people who do, you know, the grand slam or like just stack these hundreds on top of each other. I'm, it's like a month for me to, to really feel like you said, even just kind of running normally and, and kind of pain-free is, is several weeks after a big race. I don't, I don't get how these people do it. No, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> um, I really, really could not walk after the JFK 50 for three, three days. And yeah. I, I'm not actually exaggerating. It's my son was laughing as we were walking around New York city. I was using my um, daughter's stroller as like, <laughs> and um, my husband had to like actually peel me off the toilet um, the day after I was like I think I'm I think I'm stuck <laughs> so I know I definitely get dinged up but I've always gotten dinged up I mean so I don't know everyone's different so I have to really respect that and that made it very easy for me to take a whole week off right because There's not much I else mean you it's could do. silly if you can't walk right normally then you definitely shouldn't be running. And um, it's good. My body didn't go into JFK, I mean, 100%. I, I had put in a lot of races, big training, big mileage. I didn't take any breaks this year. So I had promised, <laughs> as my body's probably not listening, I promised my body, if you get me through this race, <laughs> I will respect you. I will give you time off. Um, like it's a separate entity to my brain. But... <laughs> So I am. I'm respecting it. And I, I feel like I'm an older athlete now, which I know I'm not older. But how, how old are you? 33. Oh, you're still a baby. Yeah, I know. But I feel like I've been doing this now for 12 years really hard. Um, and then post two kids, I feel like you probably have to respect the, well, for me, like my pelvis, my groin. Yeah, so um, you, yeah. go on. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned that you've been at, at this for a while. I was looking back at your ultra sign up, and yeah, for 33 years old, I mean, you've got results dating back to like 07. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's funny because I think what it looks weird because I start my very first race was a 50 mile race in southern Illinois. It's, it was called the McNaughton um, Trail Race, and it had a 50, 100, and 150. So I did the 50 and it was five, 10 mile loops. Um, and that was my first race where I happened to um, meet my husband at mile three. <laughs> so really? it's like he's been there from the very, very, very beginning. Oh, wow. Um, 
but he was he was there. Um, ha- Andy Weinberg, who puts on a lot of races, mm-hmm. that was his race down in Illinois when he lived there, and he's now um, up in Vermont. He still runs. He does some crazy races, though. They're just not normal. They're not normal <laughs> trail races, which I love him for it. But I'm like, Andy, these races are nuts. Like, um, which, which ones? What have I heard of? I think he, well, I think they're still called the peak races. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. He used to do them out of Pittsfield, but I know he changed location. Yeah. They're usually very gnarly terrain. Yeah, they're yeah right those are nasty. They're like the 888 or the... Uh, the Infinitus? Like... Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> those are the races. Oh, the that's nuts. Is, that's truly nuts. You know, yes. It's it's I've done them where you know they'll say it's a fifty mile race and fifty six miles later you're like, <laughs> uh, I'm still going. <laughs> so that was the beginning, and my husband was down there helping him, just volunteering. And then, so when I met him, I did quite a few trail races that first year and quite a few ultras. But um, I was in my last year of college, and my husband was. He just said, with all this talent, I mean, you should maybe try to become pro in triathlon. There's no pro in ultra running. Um, well, maybe not, more right, so not now, unless you're Jim or somebody. But it's like, yeah, it's so, I mean, to me, that was completely, like, really a professional athlete, me. And so when I moved to New York, I just put my head down to um, get my pro card and really try to um, make it as a professional triathlete. So then after that first year, I kind of really, um, I was just racing long course triathlon, Ironman 70.3. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I mean, I did well, but I would not say I did well enough, you know, to really make it, right. you got to be first, you have to win, you have to win races to get the sponsors to support like a professional career. Yeah. I mean, I, so, yeah, no, it's I, I um my I had a good friend who used to work for me when I had uh, a running shop in town who was, yeah, he was a, a you know, a solid division one uh, cross country and track runner and just had a good biking background. He was really, really strong on the bike. Actually, he was the kind of guy who could like jump into a cat four or five and, and win it fairly easily on the road. And then he, you know, hop up to a cat three and, and still would would be right at the front of the pack. And not much of a swimmer, but, you know, kind of built himself up and, and decided to, you know, try and get his pro card. And, you know, he was able to go, you know, low four hours for uh, half iron. And, and I think he went like 903 in his first Ironman. And, you know, so he's in the top 10 of the pros at, at a, you know, a major Ironman kind of thing. And, and even he couldn't, like you said, that unless you're winning these races outright, it's almost impossible to make a living at it. Yeah, I mean, every one of my Ironman, I was fourth or fifth, but it wasn't enough. You know, it's just it's crazy. you really have to travel, ship bikes, lodging. I mean, right, and that's just, the other thing. It's n- it's not like th- there are no dirt bag Ironman triathletes like there are ultra runners. I mean, nobody's camping in their car and driving to me. Nope. I mean, the 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 monetary investment in that sport is insane. No, yeah, and so I really, I mean, I really. <laughs> I don't want to, I failed at what I was set out to do, but it was okay. Like, it's okay. I mean, at that time in my life, I was actually, it, we, we had the support needed. I really gave it a good effort. I really put everything I had. I just, maybe if I kept grinding it out, but it wasn't, you know, ultimately, um, it wasn't where my heart really lied. It was like, I love to just run. It's just so uncomplicated. It's simple. It just doesn't take 30 hours a week. Sure. 
It doesn't take drop chains or broken <laughs> gears or all this, you know, finding a pool. Um, I particularly hate swimming, so <laughs> that doesn't bode well because I uh, was on a team with um, Brett Sutton for a while. He uh, and he's kind of a renowned um, hard-ass triathlon coach, and he was like, listen, you're a good swimmer, but you need to swim, you know, 50,000 yards a week. And I was oh, like, God. that is the worst thing you could tell me. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so when I went, I mean, I was out in a camp with him in Thailand, um, in rural Thailand, Karabi. I don't know if anyone, I mean, that's, you're really, he really wanted us away from everything. And we were sh- definitely away from everything. Wow. But we swam and he made me swim and swim. And oh my gosh. I mean, anytime I think I'm miserable running, I just pull on those memories and I'm like nope this is so much better <laughs> <laughs> so so you were a pro triathlete in New York City you must know the Wassner twins then yes yes I knew the Wassners they they um were mostly they were really um they're more Olympic, Oli- Olympic distance short course kind of stuff although Laurel's gotten into longer it. stuff recently yes yes I think they transitioned but at the time when I was doing it they were um shorter faster and I did have a year in there where we lived in California. So we lived in Santa Monica for one year as I raced. Um, so, but yeah, I did most of it in New York City, which um, now I'm like, oh my gosh, biking in New York City is oh, yeah. just a whole nother beast. No, you're um, getting out of the, so, getting out on uh, 9W and riding up through Nyack all, all, every weekend. Well, people I'm don't sure, realize, right? I mean, it takes from the bike to get out of the city, it takes about 40 minutes to get up over the sure, George Washington Bridge. Sure, just over the GW, Bridge. yeah, exactly. But that's not real riding. It's no, no, like, no. Yeah, stop, go, turn. You <laughs> definitely feel, every time I rode in New York City, I was, you know, one step closer to getting smashed by a car. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just a little bit madness. And lately, the cops have really um, I mean, from because I still have a lot of biker friends, but they're handing out tickets left and right. So oh, really? Even more complicated. Yeah. Even in Central Park, they've been um, locking down on the bikers. And I think Central Park has something like 25 plus lights. So, you know, I don't know if it's the, not the early morning bikers, but I used to bike at maybe 10 a.m. in Central Park. Right. Um, but you can't. They there's certain lights like you can't blow through red lights and it's almost impossible to have a serious bike workout in the park if you right. can't if you have to stop if you're stopping for the lights exactly. Light. exactly so I'm glad I'm off the bike um that's definitely especially since and then I had my son and it was just so you mentioned you started you started in the Midwest in in Indiana you said are you from there originally were you in school what was the deal there I'm from Chicago, northwest suburbs. I went to school in a small private college called Elmhurst College, um, 30 minutes kind of northwest of the city. I didn't run in college. Um, I just kind of worked my way through college. I just didn't want to come out with (laughs) big debt, so I juggled the waitressing. I got my personal trainer certificate, so I personal trained and I waitressed through college. had you been a runner before that? Did you run in high school? I, I mean, here's this. <laughs> so running is kind of funny because, you know, uh, growing up, I'm one of five. Oh, wow. And my parents, I wouldn't say were sporty, you know. They, they liked us to do all sports, but only what was involved in school and didn't involve, like, an over-commitment by my mom, especially since we were spaced, like, really um, – there was a lot of years between the kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my brother was a 
you know, my youngest brother was um, 10 years younger than me, and my oldest sister is seven years older than me. Oh, God. So my mom had little ones and kids at college and high school sports, so it wasn't, you you didn't have a choice. Right, (laughs) I mean, she wanted you to do the sports through our school. We went to a little Catholic school. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember fifth grade is when you can start sport, you know, except for swimming. We started swimming young, Mm -hmm. um, and everyone swam. That was the rule. You swam. And I loved diving. Um, that was my particular favorite. But my mom said, I can't dive unless I swim. Okay. Because <laughs> we all go to the meets together. I don't know why. She just said this. Even though the diving meets were at the same time as swimming, I just thought she <laughs> needed me to, like, unleash my energy in uh, swimming. She's like, you got to just get out of the house and swim. Oh, I dreaded it. <laughs> and my sisters just would always tattle on me because I would skip out practices. I would hide in the creek. I would... <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom and I'd be in the bathroom for 30 minutes and like miss a whole set. <laughs> I just so hated it. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. I was like, this is just the worst. Having, um, having a swim I background definitely... though, as a triathlete must've been a huge advantage. Just, just I having mean, listen, just that any, time in the pool yeah. when you were young. I mean, anyone knows if you don't start swimming young and you don't get the proper stroke, right. it's really hard to ever become a great swimmer. Yeah, exactly. So even now, without any swim training, I could dive in and swim an Ironman swim in probably like 105. That's amazing. I mean, not saying I wouldn't be sore, sure. but it's technique. Right. It's just technique. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, my, my, so, my daughters are 10 and 13, and they swim, you know, very slowly on, on the local swim team. And, you know, I, I cannot keep up with them for 50 yards. It's and, you know, they're little kids, but it's the, the, the amount of technique that is required just to just to be easy and, and feel relaxed in the pool is insane. Yeah. I mean, I had probably a lot of talent for swimming, but I absolutely hate it. <laughs> so I was like, well, thanks for that challenge. But um, if you don't like it, you can't fake it. So my sisters were great swimmers. Um, you know, my mom was one of 12, and every one of my aunts and uncles were um, swam in college and were phenomenal swimmers. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, but a lot of them dove as well, and they were great divers. Um, so you had the I aerobic really loved, genes. Yeah, yes. I mean, they, it's, they're sporty. I mean, there is definitely sporty. Um, my mom was the oldest, so she didn't really, you know, my younger aunts and uncles um, got to do more sports. Um, she was. Uh, put in place of watching over siblings, I suppose. <laughs> um, but my mom's still super active. Like she, you know, even this summer, I was like, "Hey, mom, I need to do a twenty-six mile run um, up at the cabin." She is, we grew up near Lake Superior, like in the summers. Mm-hmm. And so I, <laughs> I was like, "Do you want to come ride on the mountain bike with me?" And she's like, sure. So I throw on the bike. It's Sandy, you know, it's trailing, but she's out there. <laughs> nice. She biked with me, nice. you know, so, um, no, she's good. But yeah, with the diving, so I just, I mean, yeah, I grew up with this, I mean, and um, diving, uh, I, um, but then, yes, in fifth grade, we could actually start other sports. Um, and that's when at first I started cross country and I really did love running. I mean, there was just natural running where you just ran sure. to the pool, you ran home from the pool, you ran. I mean, I like to run places. Um, so cross country seemed a good fit, except, uh, my head was just could not, I don't know what it was, but I just, the nerves with running. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
even with practices, I would line myself up and say, I have to, I'm in this practice. I have to be everyone. I have to be up front with the boys. I have to just, I don't know if it was that I knew I was going to put myself in such a hurt zone where I, um, would get physically sick like three days before a meet. I'm in fifth grade, so this is bizarre. And no one did this to me. My parents put no pressure on. They did not care two hoots about how I did. But (laughs) I had this pressure, you know. And so, you know, I couldn't even, I would be throwing up before a race. Yes, and then I would race. And I mean, in in all those races, I would get first, um, second. I, I really did well. But I couldn't handle it. Wow. So I had to just, I I just told my parents I had to, I can't do it. And they understood. So I did volleyball instead. Um, and they didn't push it. I did track, but track was different because I would do more um, high jump, triple jump. Sure. Hurdles or relays. Okay. Short relays. Okay. And that's what I kind of kept to, which still made me very nervous, but not the same as running, you know, I think in grade school it was one mile. And for some reason that just um, was too much. And I could never, I just had a hard time getting my head wrapped around that. So I kind of, running was there. I did it in track and field in high school, but I also, high school was an interesting time. I was, <laughs> I was definitely one of those that were was bullied. I had to switch high schools. Um, I had no friends. <laughs> and, um, it's okay. Like now I look back and be like, Oh, that's so sad. I'm like, no, I'm in such a different place now. You know, it's right. It, it did make a mark on me, obviously. Um, and I just never reached my full potential because I just wanted to get home. You know, I wanted to just, I went to school. I just wanted to go home. My family was like my safe zone. Um, people were, kids can be so mean. And yeah. I unfortunately got the brunt of that. And it took a real toll on my confidence and, um, so I kind of pulled away from sport, actually. I mean, I did, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I did make the state's team in sophomore year. We made it in the four by four. I made it in high jump and triple jump. But oh, wow. I don't know how because I can't, now I physically, like, I don't even know. I can, lift my, I can barely lift my body off the ground. I'm like, how did I jump that high? I mean, I don't even know. And I had such nice form. High jumping, I think it was from diving. You know, that nice right. arch body over the bar. And, yep. Now I can barely, my son was like, mom, can you do a bridge? And it was like, and I was like, yeah, I can do a bridge. So there I am. I do the bridge and I was like, I literally <laughs> just, just fell over. I need to be, I just, yeah, yeah. It was so painful. I was like, I think I like slipped a disc. So if you guys, and my, my son's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? But I always think I could do things. I'm like, can't do that anymore. You know, it's like on the trampoline, we're like, let's do straddles. And I'm like, yeah, let's do straddles. And I'm like, oh, just pull the groin muscle. There's things I can't do anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and I did have, I mean, I think I ran the 400 in high school in like 56. So there was, oh, wow. um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't a total dud, but um, after that, I mean, I did do basketball in high school, but I started pulling away. Junior so, and senior year, I really just didn't. I just had to get. I just wanted to get home. So, what so. was it? What was it that kind of rediscovered it for you when you were later in college? I know you said you worked mostly through college, but how did you come back to it then? Yeah. So, college, I was just glad to be out of high school. I didn't go far from home because I just they were like this safety net, right? <laughs> right. Sure. I was just so weary of people, so I I did stay on campus, but um, I went home quite a bit. Um. 
and my brothers were still young, so I didn't want to miss them growing up. It was kind of fun, um, you know, sneaking home in the weekdays. Or, right. You know, college schedules are weird, so sure. you pay to get home quite a bit. Um, but I always stayed fit. Like, I always ran, you know, four days a week. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Just but three miles. You sure. know, like the normal, like, 30-minute. Um, I was really into weightlifting, just being strong. Nice. Um, and then um, I was just in in college, just like an unhealthy relationship. I started dating this guy in freshman year, but the relationship just progressively was just not the best. Plus, I was trying to find that thing that I was just really passionate about. I wasn't really motivated in college by parties. Um, I wasn't motivated by, I wasn't overly motivated by what I was studying. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, um, so I was just trying to find something that just really was going to make me passionate. I did all sorts of things. I mean, I did um, Second City in Chicago. I tried learning the Spanish web. I tried, you know, like Spanish web or trapeze, you know. Uh, just ridiculous. <laughs> now I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But you know, I was just trying to find something that I thought would be super fun and would really make me excited. And uh, and then I don't know. I just was at like the end of my. I said I just need something. Um, and I remember growing up watching, you know, those that Bad Water documentary mm-hmm. one, uh, and flipping through the channels. I remember seeing this thing and be like know what this is ridiculous nobody runs 135 miles i don't know what they're talking about but it just stuck in my head and then um i also there was a girl in the trapeze class and i remember she was saying oh i'm gonna run 50 miles this weekend i was like oh she means 15 like 15 (laughs) not 50 you know what i mean she seemed so happy about it and i was like 50 miles but again another seed's planted these things stay in your so I said, you know, maybe I need to run a marathon. Everyone talks about running a marathon. Sure. Um, but then I saw all these people that have finished a marathon, and they're overweight. Right. <laughs> and they're not really athletes. And I said, you know what? I can finish. If they can finish, I can finish. It's not that exciting. That doesn't really give me, you know, drive to, uh, you know, go out there. Uh, so then I thought, you know what? Let's double it, and let's go on the trails. You know, that would be crazy 50 miles seemed bizarre especially since I've been running nine to 12 miles a week um my farthest run in my life was five miles Um, wow I was like you know what and this is the end of December I said let's do this I think this is it and my heart's there you know your heart's beating fast and just thinking about it yes but it was so exciting that's awesome I didn't know if I could even finish you know it was just crazy and I wasn't thinking like two years from now I was thinking spring and I saw the Ice Age 50, mm-hmm. that's in May, and that's only two hours from where I was. Um, and I said, that's it, let's do it. So I told my boyfriend at the time, and of course, his first response was, you're crazy, you can't finish that, you don't have enough time, you're not a runner. Oh, God. <sighs> you got to be kidding me. That was perfect, though. I'm telling you, that was <laughs> the most perfect line. I love when people say I can't do something, it is the best. And so... <laughs> I just looked at him and I was like, F you, you know what? So I went back to the computer and this was before there's Instagram and Facebook. Like it was really um, still grassroots, even in 2000 and it was 2006 that I was doing this. Cause it was December, 2006. Um, I found Andy's race, which was four weeks earlier. 
Right. So I was like, perfect. Four weeks early. Now I have less than, and then I was like, look at that. You know, now I have three months to trade. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's a really spiteful. It's probably not healthy, but I still love it when people say you can't do something. It's the best. That's it's awesome. It's absolutely the best. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so that was it. I mean, I signed up. And then you were hooked, and huh? And my first, I would say, long run was January 2nd. I ran 11 miles. So, oh, wow. And then that weekend, I remember, I have it all. I have documented my running since the beginning, written down, handwritten. Um, and so January 7th, I was like, you know what? I got to run over a marathon. That's what I got to do. I think I <laughs> In your first week? And a half. Yes. So January 7th. I don't know. You know, that sounded like a really, and I was so excited though. People, it wasn't dread. It was so much excitement. I had no idea what I was doing. I wore cotton underpants, wind pants, <laughs> cotton sweatshirt. This is January in Chicago, right? right. This isn't, you know, um, I did not know there was no water, food. I have no idea. And I didn't have books to tell me. I didn't have blogs. I didn't have ultra runners. I had no runner friends. But I said, whatever. I'm just going out. I marked it on, and they still have this on US. ATF, it's mark your running routes. Right, right. That was what sure. I used. So I would, I marked my route, um, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Um, I put the paper in a plastic bag, and that was it. No water, no food. Just went out um, and ran it with the snow and the wind. Were but you? I finished. Were you shot at the end? Um. Of course. I mean, that first few weeks, I did way too much, and yeah. my body was, like, beat up, but I just kept going because I was so excited. I didn't think about it, you know? I remember saying, I think my shin's broken. I think my toe's broken. I think my back's broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't run every day. I would, like, run long and then take a day off. Okay. And then I would run long and take a day off. I never ran shorter than, like, 11 miles right. once I started. <laughs> and my normal route that I ran three days a week was this 15-mile route, which I still do to this day because... Even though my mom moved houses, um, she's still on the route. I said, Mom, way to go. So I don't have to change it. It's like still on the same so I can go home. I love this 15-mile route. It's the best. And I've ran it over 100 times at least. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I finished that 26-mile run. I just started crying. Um, and the funny <laughs> thing is no one knows what I was doing at that time, which is so brilliant. You know, nowadays you would – you would post an Instagram post and right, say, right, right, right. you know, I just ran my first marathon. I'm so great. No, no one knew. Not one person. But there I was crying because I was so proud and happy. And it was hard, but I had ran 26 and a half miles. And, you know, it was just, that was like a really turning point in my life. I probably sobbed like 50% of my runs I finished going into Andrew. I probably just started crying because I was so happy. It was just <laughs> happiness. No, because I just found something that was, right. you know, the key was I don't like running short. I still don't like running short, no. Um, but I just found something that really it's just when you find a passion and you don't have to fake it, there's no faking. And even to this day, I don't fake it. I really just love, love, love it. And that's what I found. And, um, so the ironic part is that that first day, yeah, that's, I said that's where I met my husband, and that was, you know, it was an interesting <laughs> turning point in my life. Yeah, but, seriously. Um, yeah, I know. It's really crazy when I think back. I'm like, no, it's really, 
it's really, you know, I almost didn't do that race. My boyfriend, which is on unhealthy relationships that I, you know, that's why I switched races. And um, then there I met my husband and um, he was really supportive. And so it was uh, interesting. Um, that's amazing course, how that works. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was the beginning. Um, but it's just, I think about, I kept it really simple, you know, in the beginning. Right. But I, in, in the terms of not overthinking, I didn't do any workouts, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't do any pacing. I didn't have a GPS watch. I just right. had a normal watch. I didn't do any great fueling. I mean, I learned it, but I didn't use gels. I didn't barely used water. Um, I didn't run in anything fancy. I went to TJ Maxx and bought, I didn't have a lot of money. I bought some Nike shoes that I don't even know if they were running shoes, but I knew they were on sale. They were probably like 35 bucks and that's it. You know, wow. <laughs> I mean, and that's what I love about running. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be complicated. I still sure. don't make it very complicated, you know? Yeah, no, I think uh, we tend to complicate it more than it needs to be. Yeah. So I really keep it simple still, you know, and people want to know all these secrets. I said, well, there's not really a secret. <laughs> that's, the, that's the case. There is none. Um, so, so, so you you were hooked. You became a pro triathlete for a while, and I see you know looking back at your results, you have a, a couple of ultras scattered here and there, and and some success. I mean, you're at the front of pretty much everything. You were second at Ice Age in 2014. You won the Vermont 50K in 2014, uh, but then JFK looks like it was your first ultra in the last four years. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I keep my foot like one foot in road running, mm-hmm. and then another foot in trail running. Um, I live in New York city. So, and now I have, you know, I have kids and family, so I can't, you know, I do jump in. A, there are some trail races that just aren't really listed, but a lot of like 10 milers sure. like off the run for training runs. Um, but I'm also road running is just easier to, oh, sure. to just do more races. You know, I mean, I have all the New York road runner races in my backyard, mm-hmm. um, which are great. Uh, and I, I just do a lot of East Coast road, road running. Um, well, I think trying to train for that sort of thing and, and focus sometimes on shorter, faster stuff helps to, I mean, it really helps maintain your speed and your efficiency for the longer stuff. I, I think most of the people who have had the most success at the real long stuff are still consciously either training and or racing, if not on the roads, at least in some short, faster cases and doing shorter, faster workouts, because without that, you're just not training all the systems correctly. Yeah. I mean, I'll just lose all my speed. Yeah. And that's if I just went focusing on long, even my next race on the calendar is, um, Boston. Okay. You know? So I'm not going right back. Oh, you're going to do another ultra. I said, no, you know what? Hey, we're going into winter. It is tougher to train mm-hmm. in winter. Um, and I really still want to run. I have a 2.40.13 marathon PR. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I really want to run a 2.39. Sure. Um, and so for me, you know, that really, I just don't want to do it so bad. I have such a, and it, 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 for me, it's much easier to wrap my head around in the winter training for a marathon. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be my next, and I say big race, because I always sneak other races in there sure. but and now um after that you know i'm not sure i i really this year i did the grandma's half up in duluth mm-hmm. um i wanted and i wanted to run a pr and a half so i ended up running a 
great race. I ran a 115.20 there. Oh, wow. Um, I was very happy because I wanted to go in running 545s, and I just nailed it on the head. Yeah, that's perfect. Grandma's yes, a, and, that's a great race. It is such a great race. Yeah, really um, and fun. And plus, my mom's cabin where I grew up is literally three hours due east. So it's oh, just nice. very easy for us to then spend, you know, two weeks um, at the cabin. That's up awesome. there with the kids, and they love it. So I can, I'm really thinking, toying with the idea of doing the marathon as well there. Um, it's fast. Uh, it feels – I like little low-key marathons. I mean, I've done New York City twice. Sure. Um, but it's a lot. You know, I really – I did Hartford this year right three weeks. No, four, three or four weeks before JFK was Hartford. Oh, yeah. I That's was at great. Hartford this year uh, pacing a friend of mine. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, so – it was such a great, I mean, I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was a fun yeah, little race. Because it, it was, I've done Hartford three times. Uh, one time I blew up into pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did the half one time, which was a good half. But this year, you know, it's one of those races you can just walk to the start. Yeah. You know, show yeah, exactly. up. There you are. And my ha- my husband's doing the marathon as well. We had his aunt watch the kids at the hotel. Nice. Um but we could stand together at the start line. There's not a lot of hype. Yeah, but no, just it's so it's pretty chill. But it's it, it's really well run. It's a you know it's not the fastest course in the world, but it's pretty good. And yeah, uh, I mean, no, it was, it was just a nice vibe. Yeah. So I I mean I know I'm going to Boston, but I've never done Boston. But I really do like a little bit, like I say, the Tier B um, yeah. marathons. Even Philly is really fun. Yeah, Philly's, Philly's same 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 well. idea at Philly. Yeah, exactly. Very similar. Yeah. Exactly. So um, Boston's amazing. You're gonna love it. I know. I'm sure I will. I mean, everyone only says great things. Yeah. No. So it's I'm, but it is I'm a different excited. vibe for sure. Yes, I just have to take a deep breath. I still have that anxiety from when I was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about JFK. You said that this this year you were doing a ton of training. Was JFK kind of your focus race for the year? Were you everything building towards that? I split my focus into about three races this year. Okay. So, uh, okay. So when I had my daughter, she just turned three. After I have, I have two kids, but after I have my kids, I'm, I'm, I'm fully breastfeeding two years minimum, but my son was three and a half and my daughter was two and a half years. So, uh, it's very important to me. I mean, I don't have many alternatives. So if my milk supply is low, we're vegan. I don't, you know, so there's not really great soy formulas or no, no, there's no substitute. Right. Right. So that's number one. So when I have a baby, when I have a baby, like I've had 12, <laughs> you know, oh, this is very, like, you said, when I have a baby, I, um, no, I only have two. Uh, I step, I have to step back. So my first thought was let's PR in the half for that first year. Right. So that's it. Then let's uh, try to qualify, requalify for the Olympic trials. So right. that's getting under the 245, 245 mark. Right. So I did that in New York City. And then, so that was two years after that. <laughs> I started thinking, okay. Now I can be away without worrying about, do I have enough milk? Are they going to really need mom? Because I breastfed on demand. Um, I co-sleep and I, I was waking up every, you know, two to three hours to feed her. So it just seemed very complicated, these longer races. I didn't want to leave anyone. It just, 
didn't seem fair to either my daughter or somebody else. Right. Um, plus, I didn't need to start a race at size B cup and end at size <laughs> double B cup, leaking out my front, which has happened. And it's totally just not, I'm just, I was like, you know what, I don't need to do this. Time kicks, and then you're back where you can put yourself in a longer race. Right. Well, anyway, that's this year I knew I was going to do uh, a longer race. Um, so I, but I also wanted to keep my speed. I really love the feeling of running fast. I yeah. want to get faster. So I said, okay, this year let's do. So I did New York City and ran a 244. I just snuck under that 245. That was a grind. And That's all you need. was very tough. <laughs> but I just make it by like 13 seconds. <laughs> you know. Um, so then I healed from that and said, you know what? I just want to get some speed because I really want to get into the 230s. Right. So I need to step back and be able to run a 114, 115 half marathon. Right. So that was the goal. So I raced quite a bit, um, but in the summer, so in June, I ran that 115, 20 ground. And then I had signed up for MCC, the UTMB series. We okay. really love Domini. My husband's done. He's going in reverse. He did UTMB, he did TDS, and then this year he signed up for CCC. Okay. Um, I unfortunately did not have enough points right. to get into any of the races. So I originally was signed up for the Matterhorn in Zermatt, Switzerland, which is a train ride away from Chamonix the weekend before my husband was to race. Okay. But after some begging and pleading, I saw that they added another race called the MCC, which is like more like a marathon distance. Right. Okay. The baby, the baby of the races <laughs> right. for us wimps. Um, <laughs> and they were like, fine, we'll let you in. Because I just kept sending them emails and they were just like, just let this go. And just, I'm like, I'm going to be in Chamonix. So then I... I just decided not to do the Matterhorn and do the MCC because it was easier. You know, two kids, train ride. It wasn't sure. a nonstop train ride. It's like a – and it, the train ride was like a million dollars per ticket. <laughs> I was shocked. I was, you have to be kidding me because you can't get in Zermatt with a car. So you have to figure out how to get there, you know. So anyway, uh, I really do want to see Zermatt, but it was just – it just seems so much easier just to stay in one location. Sure. In Chamonix. So anyway, MCC was the next goal, and the goal was to win. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I'm going there, but it wasn't. It's not the most competitive race there. OCC is much more competitive. Um, so you know, it wasn't. But I said I'm gonna race it as hard as I can. I'm just gonna. We we got there a week before my race. Um, my husband and I had a babysitter come so we could do training run each morning and then we just hike with the kids in the afternoon nice so we got i mean there it's so different running i didn't touch a road running is uh hiking up right. and then hiking down right i right. mean we have this eight and a half mile loop we love there um and it takes about two hours right because you have 3600 feet of climbing in eight miles right so but you have to get your legs ready for that i can't replicate I can't replicate Chamonix in New York City. Sure. sure. Um, especially the descent. So we would just do those kind of routes each day, which is kind of so fun to break it up, you know. And um, so, yeah, MCC, it was so fun. We had we had the perfect day. Sunshine, beautiful. Um, I was in the lead. I was running well, super strong. And then with four miles to go, I 
busted my ankle. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that's that That's that race, though. I mean, you, a lot of people don't come out alive. I right. mean, most people have a fall. The terrain is very, I mean, it's just technical. I mean, you just can't, ugh. and it was so, between two rocks, my foot went and I cracked it where you see birds. <laughs> you know, I, at first I thought, oh, my gosh, I definitely broke this. But I still believe, and I, you know, adrenaline takes over, and I had two miles to get down. Right. And that was the worst, worst, worst part, because any twist of that ankle just sent shooting, shooting pain. Oh, God. But once I got on the flat back, I just didn't know where the next girl was, so right. I just started running as fast as I could muster. So it wasn't, I mean, it was like 6.30s, but I really couldn't move any faster. It was just not good. Um and it was so funny because once I finished, uh, I couldn't put any weight on it. Wow. <laughs> it's like, you know, your body just like, nope, that's yep. it. We're done. Yeah, exactly. The adrenaline turns <laughs> I off. I and... could not. And it was blown up to the size of a watermelon. Oh, God. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, shoot. <laughs> no, this this is not good. Uh, so for three days, I kept thinking, oh, geez, did I break it? You know, I did everything you're supposed to. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, we still were walking around Javadeva. Um And then by the fourth day, I was like, oh, it's getting some better. And by the fifth day, I was able to hike. Nice. Kind of, you know. But it did take, it did take a solid three to four weeks. And even now, it aches sometimes. Wow. Um, but it took, I had to run with, you know, I ran with those lace-up braces. Mm-hmm. And I put them on both ankles because I feel if you just put it on one, you're just running different. Right, right. So I, wore it, I had to wear it for three weeks. Um, I would just shuffle around. And uh, my initial goal for the fall was to run in the 230s for a marathon. But I just took such a hit to my training for about four weeks due to the ankle. Right. That I thought, okay, so let's maybe do the ultra. Okay. Let's put an ultra on the calendar. Okay, so I, you made kind of an audible there. Yeah, because you don't have to. I could still run, but yep. I just couldn't run. I just for you have to run six flats. Meant that's really running, you know. And yeah, an yeah. ultra, you're, you know. So it's just no marathon training when you're when you're training to run a PR in the marathon. That's completely different than training for a fifty mile, even a fast fifty mile. It's yeah. You, it's you've got to be different. you've got to be doing right, like you said. You, you got to be doing training at pace, kind of a couple times a week, and it's really it's really hard. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot on your joint. Like it really is a lot on your joints. Now, just I could just feel it in my ankle yeah. that it just wasn't. It was going to take a while to get this better. When you really twist an ankle, yeah. it's almost worse than a break because it just lingers. Right. It lingers now, you know, <laughs> at night because you're. Your foot is flexed. I just, that's almost the worst where right. I'll wake up and it's still achy and sore. And I do all those foot drills. I'm, you know, with the band, pull this, pull this, balance, strengthen. But it's just, I did a doozy <laughs> on that. <laughs> but it's okay. It, it is okay. But at first I just thought there's no way. You can't have a big hiccup in marathon training. Right. So right. I not had, at that level, certainly. No. And the mileage was there, but not the, I couldn't do my mile repeats. Right. I couldn't do it just was too much at that point. So I had to evaluate and so I did originally sign up for Bandera hundred K. Okay. Thinking, you know what? This is the time to 
go for Western state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my initial thought, but this is sometimes we just sign up and then we have to look at the logistics. So I right. signed up for Bandera and then my husband and I sat down and looked at the logistics and it just was not feasible unless I completely, I mean, it's January 5th and we have the holidays and sure. travel and then looking at our other vacation with the, it just wasn't going to work. My kids come everywhere with me. Right. So I don't go solo to races. I also homeschool. So it's just, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's very stressful yeah, <laughs> unless yeah. everyone can come. And my husband, uh, you know, he works. So I can't just be like, Hey, right. I'm going to go to another on case races. And it's also a price tag too. So it just didn't seem feasible. Right. I mean, unless we really, it's a tough time of year. Yes, January 5th for sure. Coming off the holidays so. for sure. So, so you I, knew you had the mileage. So JFK yeah. kind of presented itself. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, then everyone's like, "You do JFK, everyone, all my friends." I was like, "Of course, that is perfect." Because I still have all this speed. Right. Um, it's a runner's race for sure. That's exactly what I was about to say. Um, um, even, I ran, the, I run even the last the, thirty-five. Yeah, and even the last—I mean, even the first fifteen on the Appalachian Trail are pretty runnable. Uh, you know, it's a little bit technical, but there's nothing really that's going to, you know, really cause you to walk unless you're really just being overly cautious. I mean, you can, you can still run it pretty well. Yes. So I, I mean, once I signed up, that was, I was very excited um, because I just, it it was a race that I've, I paced my husband when they allowed pace. It's the last 35. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's nothing tricky about the last 35. It's sure. very, this race is so cut and dry yep. with how it spelled <laughs> out that you can, I had um, exactly what I was going to run. Um, my friends, all my friends, I have great runner friends. My friend O's has gotten second there. My friend Michael Arnstein has sure. gotten second there. I know O's there. and Mike, sure. Okay, so they're like my two running buddies. Um, They've both run. In the city quite fast there yeah and they're kind of the same too because they're they put their foot in ultras and road Mm -hmm. um i think that's just the new york city where we're like yeah we'll just do both um but they um bouncing ideas off of them we had written out exactly what i was going to do we said um and this is before we knew the conditions but we just knew uh what kind of shape i was in and so we said, you know, come out of the trails 225, mm-hmm. uh, run a 305, 310 marathon on the towpath, and then, you know, you just book it home. Right. Now, I don't like thinking about booking it home because that's, you know, booking it home at the end uh, from 41 to 50 is like, okay, well, we'll just we'll just put book it home and not put like a time frame <laughs> on that. We'll just say book it home. And hopefully I can book it home. Um, so we... We had it spelled out, and then it was just about the training, and things started clicking really well. When I can click away 90-mile weeks, uh, I started doing three times a week long run. Those are key. Those are like the bread and butter. Uh, My body responds so well to them. And the long runs aren't all slow. So long runs um, for me is anything over, say, 17. Okay. I don't even like to consider 15 a long run. Sure. That's like, eh, it's kind of. <laughs> so long run, 17 to 30. Okay. Those are my long runs. And you're doing like fast finish long runs, like last five yeah, to 10 Yeah, I love fast finish long yeah, runs. That's good I stuff. also, those are so, my two favorite workouts are the 20-ish, lower 20-ish long runs where you're running the last three to five fast. Yeah. 
So, and for me, I still wanted to run not ultra fast. I wanted to run marathon fast. So I would end them around six 550 minute to wow. six minute yeah. pace. That's yeah. awesome. Um, also, the 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 long tempo runs, mm-hmm. I still did because I have all these, uh, my friends, uh, my team, Henwin Hounds, they're, they're all running for fall marathons. So our tempo runs would be uh, 18 miles, averaging 620, 620s, right. somewhere in there, maybe mid 620s, but you're starting at 635s and then you're slowly and finishing near runs. marathon pace. Yeah. Yeah. Finishing under, you know, in those 555 awesome. types. So those are bread and butter, yeah. you know, so you're running. Uh, and then I just would do the long runs, 28, 30 miles. Yep. Uh, try to run them at it. You know, mostly they're on roads. They're on roads. So right. pace wise, I always had to fall on pace and I didn't try to keep those. I also tried to keep those in the sevens, like seven, depending on the day and what I've done. But, you know, some would be. Uh, towpath pace 715 right uh, some would just be if i i love doing maybe a workout a hard workout the day before a 28 miler mm-hmm. then your 28 miler is more 740 pace yep. yep because you were running you know you did 14 miles the day before progressive run right starting at 710s ending at 550s right you know those right. are the runs i love uh those are just I, I, I love, love, love. <laughs> uh, I hate, uh, I hate intervals. I hate 400s. I hate 100s. I hate the track. I don't really do it. Right. Uh, I don't feel like I'm in the place where I have to do it. No, not if, not if you can do those kind of tempos and, and fast finish runs. You're, you're... Yeah, I do those every week. A long tempo. Yeah. A fast finish. My body loves the long miles. That's awesome. And I... Mile repeats. Mile That's, repeats, yep. Mile repeats typically on a treadmill. Oh, uh, really? Sometimes I do them outside, but I really love getting up to eight times one mile, getting into the 520s. Then wow. I know I am fit. That's, you know, but this is crazy. on a treadmill, I know. But that's 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 just, yeah, I mean, I, I really love that. I also love the 5K all out followed by three times one mile. That's a good workout, too. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't really – I try to stay away from anything short. It's not fun. <laughs> but I don't – I don't. I mean, and, and I do do pickups, you know, getting back in. Uh, but I don't know. If you're doing just marathon or even half marathon, when I do mile repeats, especially on a treadmill, maybe my mile pace was a 520. But maybe I started my mile at 540, mm-hmm. but I ended the mile at five. Right. So in some sense, you're, you're getting doing the you're getting the sprint work, yeah. An interval. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now this has no scientific backing. <laughs> no, no, no. But so don't give me up. But um, I I don't think. I mean, let people love. You know, a lot of these books that give them okay i gotta do these intervals at this pace and if i run this pace and i run this marathon time and i gotta do these mile repeats and i gotta do this this is i just really keep it simple i feel the big days are key for marathons and ultras even half marathons right and then the key is the recovery 
after those days. Sure. So I am not shy to running nine-minute miles. I am not. When I run fast, my difference between my fast days and my slow days, two and a half to three minutes per mile pace. Sure. And that is key because I need, need, need to recover. Um, And I don't have the tools. Like I don't have the time. I don't do massages or or chiropractor or too much stretching or rolling or sitting. I don't, I can't sit during the day. So recovery is easy runs and sleep. Yeah. Well, and there, I mean, if you talk to, you know, the quote unquote experts, I mean, the, the one thing that people will say is that, you know, the biggest mistake that most runners make is doing their easy runs too hard and their hard runs too easy. So it's, it's really making sure that your hard runs are hard enough that you're stressing the right systems and that your easy runs are easy enough to allow for adequate recovery. And if, if not, you're just doing your, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically. I mean, that's what I see a lot. And it's funny because I am one of the slowest, easier, like easy run days people I know. Uh, but I'm also one of the faster, <laughs> faster days. Right, exactly. But I almost can't run with people on my, I don't. I don't particularly like to run pe- with people on my easy days. Because you feel like you're going too fast. I have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, no, and exactly... so it's so funny because I have some people saying, um, there's some people or friends. I say, oh, I'll run with you. Oh, I run so slow. I said, no, no. I don't want to say that's perfect. But yeah. <laughs> I said, that's perfect. I, I choose my friends wisely. Um, <laughs> you run, you make me run slow. And that's perfect. I, I hope to run slower than I thought today. Because to me, there's no difference between like running a nine or even a 10 minute mile. You're getting the same aerobic recovery benefit. You don't need to say, Oh, I need to run eight thirties. I need to run. Eight. No, I just run as slow as feels not taxing and easy. People struggle with this. Yeah. And this is the hugest difference. I think between making big gains or staying plateau is if you can extend that, you know, mile pace per mile between your fast and your easy, Having a you'll bigger be able to go faster on your workout days. Mm-hmm. But that means you got to go slower on your recovery days. That's exactly right. Well, so you've you've certainly got to figure it out. <laughs> so I mean, it works for me, and I actually love it because I really love to be forced to run slow. It's very enjoyable, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and I also love feeling good to run fast. It's also enjoyable. I don't love just running in that place where it's you're just not so comfortable, but I, I like it very defined. And this is what I learned from my friends. Like Michael knows the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It is very black and white. Um, so, you know, I, I really, they really helped shape this over the years, uh, how to train right. Yeah, um, yeah. So going into JFK with that kind of training behind you, you had to know that you were going to compete for the win, but you had a couple of really fast w- women turn up after North Face got canceled. I know uh, Leah Frost and Casey uh, Lichtig showed up after uh, they canceled North Face for the wildfires. So, And then you know, looking at the splits, you came off the AT pretty much right where you wanted to be, right? Like high thir- 220s, low 230s, but Leah had like a 20-minute lead on you at that point. Was that Did that... Uh, surprise you? Did, were your, was your confidence shaken at all? Or did you just kind of say, this is the plan, I'm sticking with it, and we'll see what happens? Yeah, so the plan going in, and I knew the race is not won in those trails, Mm-mm. but lost, especially if you get hurt. Yep. 
or you just and so I knew I was going to run I don't want to say like a ballerina but <laughs> just like very cautious I didn't want my heart rate up just enjoyable just I am running but at the trails were not in the best condition we did have snow there was puddles right you're running wet. through yep. wet mud yep so, yes, I think on a normal day I would have popped out faster than a 225. So, um, but I just, you know, this is what we planned, and I still hit the plan. But Casey and I were together. Mm-hmm. I wasn't running like a total wuss, <laughs> but <laughs> I did take time because for me, I'm not really a trail runner. The trails were a little, you know, I was very cautious because it is slippery. It was wet. And I got literally, I think, 20 people past me guys, girls, but it didn't matter mm-hmm. because I knew exactly what I was doing. Right. I was so comfortable in what I was doing. I ran so I, I've just done this for so long that at this point, I don't want to say I'm a mature runner, but I'm knew it's a long day. I knew exactly what I wanted to execute on the towpath. Mm-hmm. So I said, I have to come out in one piece. I have to not waste energy running up these hills that are all snowy. So I actually walked a little bit of some of the hills that were really icy and snowy, Mm -hmm. Um, just like power walk, just so I didn't, you know, it was just too much, like trying to run. I just felt like this is just wasting so much energy. Um, And I did take a hard fall at mile 14. Just, I don't even know what happened. I don't know if I tripped. All of a sudden I'm just at earth, (laughs) face in the mud. And I'm thinking, I didn't hit any rocks. You know, that was shocking because it is very rocky. Right. And you know how you just check yourself really quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, is anything broken? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. But it shook me. I'm almost out. And there I am. Take you to fall. Damn it, Kate. Just focus. <laughs> um, I told Casey about a hundred times, we just got to make it out alive. We just got to make it out alive. She's probably like, shut up, Kate. <laughs> like, I've done a million races. Why do you keep seeing this? But anyway. And then two minutes later, I take one of those falling trips. You know, where you just hit a rock and you... You almost fall. Yep. Like you're, you're like bent over ninety degrees. Yep. <laughs> oh, and I was like, God damn it! Get get on this trail. We're almost there. Anyway, so Casey and I exited together, and we've done some races together. We kind of well, we did Ice Age. She wiped my ass the last <laughs> ten miles of that race. Like she started running eights, and I ran tens, and she put twenty minutes in the last ten miles. Wow. And yeah, it was painful. <laughs> it was really. I was like, but she had an incredible race. Anyway, so we kind of know each other through running. She's very nice and very kind and maybe too nice. because. <laughs> so we came out of the trails and I had my husband. I said, listen, all I need you for in this race, she has the both the kids. So I said, all I need you is at mile 15. That's where you can meet your handlers for the right. first time. Yep. To bring my Nike Vaporflies. That's very much a road runner. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Nike Vaporflies and my dry socks. <laughs> and I said, I, that's all I need because I carry all my gels. I carry my water. I don't need anything else because I'm going to be head down and focused. Yep. I said, then you're going to take the kids to Monkey Joe's, which is a bounce house and breakfast. <laughs> and I will see you at the finish. No, but that's just like, it's not fun for kids. I mean, especially oh, no. a little cold. And no, so, sure. I'm, like, just go. It makes me feel better knowing that they're having fun. Yep. And we have to drive back to the city. So anyway, I said, but you have to be at mile 15. So you change your shoes. Please. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I actually changed my shoes, which seems I've never ever changed my shoes in a race. But it's but, a, like you said, it's such a different course after you get out of the trail. It's it's a road race, basically. You're running, and yeah. I needed to run, so vapor flies were it. Put on my dry socks, and off I went. And he told me twenty minutes down from the across. Yep. 
and my first reaction was, I'm running for second. That's okay. Stick mm-hmm. to the plan. I'm running for second. She's a great runner. I mean, she has won it in 6.20. Yeah, she has the third fastest time ever on that course. So I was like, wow. I mean, she blitzed it to the trails. Yep. I don't even know how she ran it that fast. Holy crap. She must have been like third out of the trails. She was right by Jim Sweeney or something. Yeah. So I couldn't really wrap my head up. <laughs> I said, okay, then I'm running for second. But, you know, Casey and I went out running together. We're talking. And Casey says, you know, Leah's 20 minutes ahead. And I said, I know. And then I started thinking. And I said, Casey, I don't know. I said, I think it was too fast. You know, mm-hmm. I just think it's too fast. Of course, Casey's very sweet. And she says, oh, no, she's going she's gonna to have the best race of her life. She's a, <laughs> she could go for the course record. I mean, she's flying. And I said, damn it, Casey. No, we, <laughs> Work we with got me this. Here. Yeah, I said, Casey, can't be nice at this moment. No, I am not giving up. I said, I don't know. I think it's too fast. So let's just, we're going to run on this towpath. We're going to run. We're going to hit our mosfets. We'll do this, you know. So I slowly pulled ahead of Casey, and then I just was ticking off miles. Nothing fancy. 7.15, 7.15, 7.15. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, I have all my gels with me. I pop a gel every three to four miles. I just fill, I have those orange mud packs, so I just have a water bottle. I fill quickly with water. Only three times that I stop, maybe 40 seconds altogether for each station. Because I don't need anything. Right. Like, I don't need anything. Just a little bit of water, and I'm going. Um, and I'm just taking off people, and I, you know, pull into second. And But people, even by mile 27, I still heard she was 20 minutes up. Yeah, I'm so looking at, at the splits. It was still of, 20 minutes at that point. You no, know, you're kind of thinking... I mean, I kept thinking, well, I'm running for a second. It's okay. You right. know, I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm hitting the plant. You know, I'm I'm sure. right on. Yep. So I said, just stick to the plan. You know, this was probably going to be more 310 marathon because towards the end, it got a little muddy. Mm-hmm. 35 to 41 was a little muddy. So pace-wise, um, did lose time. <laughs> Especially vapor flies because those things are like ice skates. Yeah. They are not... <laughs> There is zero, zero traction, (laughs) but I kept hitting pace and I don't know. I know she probably was blowing up a bit, but I feel like where I did see the time started shifting, but I could trust no one (laughs) because people (laughs) would say you're in fifth and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not in fifth, (laughs) infected, right? I am infected, right? No one tell you. Oh, you're 10 minutes down. You're five minutes down. You're 20 minutes. You're still 20 minutes down. You're right. fifth girl. You're third girl. What the hell? Huh? <laughs> well, I just said, I just, I think I'm in second. But the time started shifting. So I said, just stay on pace. Even through this mud, still run 715s. I didn't want to fall off pace. So I did. I was just, you know, pushing it to just keep to pace. I have a feeling that maybe, and I have no idea. This is just theory of when I was running, but maybe the mud section was like the the break in the show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, enough mud, enough wet today. <laughs> I just wanna <laughs> run. But I was good. I was and I was really just feeling um great. Well you hit so, that you hit that three ten on the towpath almost exactly. Three ten exactly. Yeah. I was really proud of that. It's like yes. But the thing that was even more so when things started changing when someone said three minutes first like three minutes and then i heard she's just up the road yeah and then i heard 20 seconds and i got goosebumps which is like mile <laughs> 39 and yep. i was like 20 seconds and then i saw her i was like holy crap oh my God. <laughs> i was like okay 
and I was feeling good. So this is a difference. I, I mean, I really was excited because I could not wait to touch road. Right. Um, I knew I could run when I touched road. Uh, my, my stomach was great, which my stomach, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> this is my Achilles heel, but my stomach <laughs> was phenomenal. My feeling was phenomenal. Feeling so good. And I saw her and I just was like, no, I don't know what's happening behind me though. So sure. I never discount Casey. Okay. So no, no, certainly not. And you have, no experience. one can tell you anything, right? Not one person. So, right. um, so I passed her really at 41 and I, I kind of said, hang in there. And I mean, I stupidly said, I'm, I'm sure I sounded like some narcissistic asshole. Cause I was like, Hey, try to stay with me. And she's like, uh, yeah, I'm running like that. <laughs> the painful ultra shuffle, nine fifteens, and you're running like seven. So I'm not going to stay with you. And I was like, sorry. No, I didn't say that. But I was like, I don't know. But sometimes you want to say something, but you don't really know that. Right. And so you try to come up with something that's like, hi. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Okay. Anyway. So then you pop out onto the road. So you have that one, there's a one mile kind of climb. Yep. But road felt so good. And yeah. the sun was shining, and I was in first for once in my goddamn life. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I said, I am going to run. <laughs> and so I just took a gel. I had my run gum at mile 40. That said caffeine, you know. caffeine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was boosted, you know. And so I started running, and I started, I think, my first. I started getting like some six fifties, some, you know, under sevens. Yeah. I ran under sevens after that first mile. Um, and I was just like, I am not going to break this pace. I am going to, I saw some guys in the road. I said, I'm just going to keep ticking. I felt good. And I just said, I got to run anything I have, but I wanted to save about, you know, um, 10%, like a little bit. Just a little bit, just, just in, case. in case. Yeah. Because Michael Arnstein, my friend, uh, had told me about 100 times before this race how he lost the race in the last 400 meters. Yeah. Because he did not know the guy was coming behind him. Yeah. To, so uh, that I think fear, Greg Crowder that year, yeah. Yeah. I, so I had looked over my shoulder about um, eight to ten times. I really <laughs> did. And I know it's like, don't look over your shoulder. I'm like, no, no, I'll be looking over your shoulder. <laughs> just making sure. Um at one point, they they give you a bike pacer, and at one point he said, "There's a they so they don't overly overly mark the point, the road, but I think they figure you know you're just going straight, like you're not taking any major turns." Right. But there's one point that there's like a turn that has like a sign with arrows, very weird. And the biker says to me, and I thought we should go straight, but he says, "I think we might have to turn there." And this is the four miles to go. Oh God. And I was like. And you know how many races we know in the ultra world, there have been races because people went off course, oh, of course. took a wrong turn. And I'm sitting there like, what? You know? <laughs> so I said, you, do you have a phone? Do you have a phone? <laughs> like, can you just call somebody? Cause I'm, I'm panicked. Like this is the first time I'm leading. And now you're telling me we might have to turn here. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, he said we're on course. So thank God that I had that mini panic. Yeah. You don't tell somebody that. Cause I was no, like, no, especially what? when you're the person who's supposed to know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and then that, so that was really, really great. Um, no. So I was just running. I mean, running, I had a really good run split home. I mean, I, and I pride myself putting in that effort because it's really great to know you were strong enough to actually run. Um, and, 
I had enough to know that I could have dug probably I would have been able to dig deeper to make someone really, really hurt if I had to. Yeah. I knew I could run up like I could have dropped into the six twenty range if I had to. Wow. Had to. That's awesome. Um I really felt good. I think I had like the third fastest run split on the road section. Um and that well, the roads are nice. Plus, um, those guys just blow themselves up in the yeah, beginning no, part. Like, so I won't take too much credit for that. Certainly but it's a lot still, of carnage. I know. I still said, you know, I just really was. It's a really. I've done so many races where I've struggled, mm-hmm. right? Pulling pieces at the end, just digging to keep on pace. But I did not struggle at this race. I, I mean, you struggle in some sense, but you always struggle at a 50 mile race because just. Sure. But I didn't struggle in any mental or, you know, my legs could have just kept going. I was really strong. That's awesome. Um, and I was so emotional because it's been like 12 years of a journey. So even with four miles to go, I kind of knew after I knew I wasn't lost, um, I was like welling up with tears. And then I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> you still have four miles to go. Like pull it together. You know, but I kind of knew um, that I had won. And it was, I'd never won. I've won small races, but never, I don't know. It was just how I executed the race. Um, 12 years of just lining up and going after it. I've never had a big win. I've had seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths. (laughs) Um, And so it was kind of emotional. And my husband was there and he's been there from the beginning of the journey. And the journey is not simply just running. It's just building a family, knowing how much I balance life with, the kids and how it's just it's not just about running you know we have a lot of other things going on um and I I feel like I balanced it well and so it was really it was just such a happy moment um and I was just so proud of not just me but my husband and my kids I mean they still run with me I run my son on the bike down to his he he run he bikes 20 miles a week I'm with him running to go to his homeschooling classes. My daughter's in the stroller. We still run. So they're with me a lot on these runs or part of my runs. So, um, yeah, it was a really great moment to just get a win on a bigger race. Um, But to do it in such a way where you weren't, where I felt good. That's so cool. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's not, and I've done it without, sacrificing you know I've done it where I've been able to balance um family and this without sacrifice it was just a I don't know it's hard to explain unless you've been there but you know doing I feel like I'm the best athlete I've ever been and I have two kids and I'm homeschooling um and that's that's a that's a fun place to be that's great that's great no and and you you put the work in, you had a, a plan that you executed and, and you had the right day. I mean, it's, that's what we, it's the best we can hope for. It's fantastic. Yeah. And we never know. I mean, it's, it could, you know, those days don't always happen. Sure. Even if you have the perfect training, it's just, I know it, it's been 12 years. They don't always happen. You know, so much can it's go just, wrong. Yeah. And it's just, there, there other people can be better on that day. Um, so you just take it and it's just, it, it it's great. And it, People say, well, what you do? I say, I always line up. Racing's just about, it's, it's about the adventure. Mm-hmm. I love the discipline of 
training for something. I know it's not going to be. I'm going to have bad races and great races and okay races always. Yeah. That's the fun. That's the part of the journey. Is. Exactly. If you, if I lined up for 12, I mean, yes, if you told me 12 years ago that I wouldn't have a great win or I wouldn't win an ultra or, or, or it'd take 12 years, I probably would have fallen over. So, but the journey can't compare. I mean, you can't, I, there's so much history and, and friendships and laughs and just, uh, travel. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that goes into that. I mean, that's what it has to be about, right? Because so many things, right. Like you said, there's so many variables that go into it and you can't control everything that happens around you and you can't control what other people are doing. And yeah. if you're completely, if you're just results oriented, then, then you're never going to have that motivation to kind of dig deep when, yeah, like in, you know, the second week in January when it's cold and slushy and, you know, Boston seems so far away. I mean, you have to be process oriented. You have to enjoy the journey. Otherwise, you're just never going to get there. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, um, I think to so I it's like setting my goal I like to set say a 239 but for me it's running sixes for a marathon mm -hmm. then to get there the running instills a lot of discipline a lot of um focus in our lives it keeps it very organized you have to just know that I think what I'm trying to say is it's good you you need the goal and you need the the goal will keep you getting up and going, but you have to make sure that goal is what it's true to your heart. Like you're passionate about it. Right. right. So when I'm, it, that's, that's the driving force, you know, you can't fake it. So if you are signed up for a hundred, just cause you want to do a hundred, I want to finish it, but you're not ultimately committed. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just, I mean, the. I guess when I try to tell people is just make sure you're passionate about what you're doing. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, if you're passionate about your goal, if you love that, that what you've set yourself to do, you will find a way to make it happen. You know, well and that's it. Well said. And that's it. So, so you have Boston coming up and Olympic trials in a little over a year, I guess. Yeah, I still have to decide if I'm going to that. I didn't go oh, down to the last. I know I don't. Everyone's yelling at me. Um, no, I didn't go down to the last Olympic trials because it was three months after my daughter. Okay. Um, that's fine. And but, so that was an excuse. I mean, that's a but, that's a career maker. You have to do that. So the trials are in February. They are in a good place. Atlanta will be cool. Mm -hmm. My husband says I have to do it because it's an experience that you should not pass. Oh, on. of course. Um, I always feel like, so, you know, there is a part of me that says, maybe I should wait and do our travel to another race that I have a chance at getting, you know, uh, whether it's a time or a top three, um, instead of heading down <laughs> to Atlanta and, you know, maybe you'll run a good time, but you won't scratch. Um, yeah, but... I'm not saying... It's not that it's not an experience, but, 
you know, you there's might, you the, might never the... be able to run the trials again. I mean, I that, know. So you know. I should, I know everyone's so I was like, okay, okay. I have a lot of friends going down there. I know, I swear I know like 50% of the girls. Yeah, that no, that's, 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 a uh, once, that's a, truly a once a career experience. Maybe yes, twice I know. If so I should do it. There's always part of me that's like, well, you know, um, you know, I said, well, if you, you don't do the trials, then maybe you can, you know, you go to Boston, you have a great race and then you can, and my husband's like, oh, you just do both. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> I guess I could. <laughs> okay, I get it. Um, I guess, you know what it is? It's like, an, I think why I hesitate is it's a little, it's overwhelming for me, I guess, a little bit. So it's, it, it's maybe that's why I should go and do that because it's something that makes me uncomfortable. And I am really the type nowadays, especially if it makes me uncomfortable, I should definitely do it <laughs> <laughs> because it just makes you a better person. Sure. So I'm picking something that makes me comfortable, but the trials make me uncomfortable because you are lining up with 200 and plus of the best girls in the country. Sure. You are not the best. You are, you may not even scratch into the top 30. Right, right. Um, and you have to put your best foot forward that day. Yes. Uh, and you might be forced out of your comfort zone. But that's so, okay. That is okay. And then I said, you know what? And now I'm talking to you. And I said, you know, my rule is if it does make you a little bit uncomfortable, then you should probably go do it. Nice. Very nice. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then you're right. Okay. So, so I should go do it. But I think that with anybody, if something makes you uncomfortable, you should definitely probably do it. It'll just make you grow yeah. as a person. For and sure. in life, you know, we're not so uncomfortable anymore. Right. Um, we're very overcomfortable. So um, that's why I keep uh, the, I always say, you just got to make sure you're always pushing something that makes you slightly uncomfortable. That's not easy. And, and in that way, you will keep growing. And you'll actually, um, you'll, I mean, you'll become more comfortable i mean it sounds weird I mean, sure. it's like the more uncomfortable you are and you keep going after it the more comfortable you'll be i think so many people are miserable because yeah. no. they're over comfortable right they're cozy they're warm house they got the tvs they got their food <laughs> they got their it's just too too comfortable and they're miserable right. <laughs> <laughs> so i said you better shake it up you gotta you gotta just make sure you create your own uncomfortable and then in that way you'll find some more satisfaction in life so that's why I always hold that's about that's the hundred mile. <laughs> that one is really there. It looms. Um, and, I, and it's really Western state. Um, yep. Where I say, I know I, I've, I've kind of been semi in and then I pull myself out. And then I'm, semi in, <laughs> and then I'm like, eh. but it's not the easiest to get to, especially with the golden ticket races being mostly West Coast favorites. Yeah, no, it's the logistics of it are not easy by any stretch. So for, for I've like coasters. I've really been in and then out and then in and out. And I, I have wrote to the race director. I'm like, hey, I want to give the East Coast some love. You pulled away. JFK used to be a golden ticket. Um, I did get a golden ticket in Ice Age and passed it. But they both they pulled both those races. Right. No, it's all 100Ks now except for Sonoma. Yeah, and I said, there are 100Ks in the Midwest and East Coast. We'd love some love. Well, <laughs> I'm sure. He's like, the, there, will be, there will be one in the near future. We can take this That's offline. The I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay, perfect. No one's listening. Uh, I'll be very excited. I'm like, it just makes my life easier. You know, traveling to the West Coast, 
education in the hospital oh, yeah. um, for a race. Uh, sometimes not in the, you know, isn't it, you know, they're not so, they're not No, not easy. Each. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to see my race for 100K? <laughs> Why not? They're like, no, sorry. <laughs> so. Okay, this has been great. Before I let you go, I have to quickly ask you for your desert island picks, which I do with everybody who comes on the show. I am going to send you to a desert island for a year, and I'm going to allow you to bring one book, one album, one meal, and one beer. What are you going to bring to a desert island for a year? Okay, so the next book on my list to read, Mm -hmm. I will bring it, is um, Killing the SS. I like the Killing series by Bill O'Reilly. So while it's probably you read the book and you're one and done, I still think I'm so excited to read it, Um, even though it's very deep and hard to read sometimes. But that'll be my book because that is the next book on my list. (laughs) (laughs) So I will bring Killing Death. Um, One album. I'm probably going to go with uh, classical, like just classical. uh, You have a composer you like? I'm not the smartest with music. I really, it's almost embarrassing, but um, I'll go with like an old faithful, like like Beethoven or a nice. Mozart, you know, <laughs> but I really enjoy just having it in the background. I like Mozart. Um, and I can imagine myself just tanning and listening to classical music. <laughs> nice. And uh, one, one food or one meal. Okay. Coconuts. Coconuts. A young coconuts. A hundred percent. I'm a vegan and mostly a raw vegan, mostly fruits and veggies, but coconuts are the best because uh, I mean, let's think in survival terms, you got hydration. Sure. So that's key. You and Arnstein. Most, right? Yeah. Most uh, pure water in the planet. I think at one point they were like giving it intravenously in World War II or something. Yeah, supposedly you can. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but that's, it's just a good folklore. So I just tell people that. <laughs> Uh, probably all bullshit. Uh, but definitely coconuts. And then you get the fatty meat. So you have calories. Yeah. And then they could chain. If you leave them long enough, they become mature coconuts. And it's mostly fatty calories. So I'm looking as a survival standpoint. You can survive 100% on young coconuts. Uh, so. All right. Good. And one beer. Do you drink beer? <laughs> I do not drink beer. Um, however, I mean, the one beer that I tasted that I was like, okay. This is okay. Uh-huh. Is the Wana Mango? Do you know Wana Mango? I don't. Okay, so I guess it's fruity. I like anything fruity. Oh, okay. And I'm not a beer drinker at all. Uh, I just like fruit juice. <laughs> okay. So I would go with like pineapple juice or something. Nice. Cool. So that's it. Yeah. Kate, thank that's you it. so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, good luck at Boston. Good luck with the training over the winter. And I'm sure I'll run into you in the city at some point in the near future. Yeah, drop me a line if you're in the city. It Will would do. Be great. Will do. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded. Like a good old pair of jeans Rusty like a proud old car That's drove a little too far And seen too much rain But long ago as a child I look about the night sky And wild wonder man And ride the bus and feel upset To think of all the years I'd have to go through there 
I was still 